0: Podcast Kip's here, uh, and we got the band back together. Jeff and Carly are here for our calling men in segment. Guys, I apologize. I've been subbing in different rotations on this calling men in. You guys got real jobs and are doing important things, and I've just been throwing people in your slots. I apologize. But I don't know. The ratings have been going up. Jeff, it might be you might be holding this back. I don't know what's happening here, brother. No, I'm kidding. Welcome yeah, yeah, back. I'm a shoe
1: guy, but, you know, <laughs> I, I still got to get my shots up. But, damn it. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, Carly, how are, uh, Jeff? It was Carly's birthday recently, so we're saying happy belated birthday and terrible podcast partners for not being on the day of.
2: No, it's awesome. Thanks, friends. Yeah, and I am so excited about the rotation that you've been having in. I think that it's really incredible. So no apologies needed.
0: We we have been very lucky. You know, obviously the three of us started this to engage folks and and use the small platform we have to talk about things that we all would talk and text about anyway. So we've been real, real fortunate the last month or so with uh, Coach Val from Coach V from ODAP that Jeff, that was a great connection that you were able to make for us. And I think Kyle Williams from a long talk uh, was another conversation that really has resonated with me and, and driven a lot of conversations uh, you know, across different platforms with folks. But man, I'm excited for you guys to be here. We've been trying to get this thing scheduled. Uh, all of our lives have had us rescheduling and shuffling. So I appreciate your flexibility, but I want to jump right in and Carly this Jeff, I'm bringing you in sidebar everybody out there. Jeff and I finally got to have breakfast together in person touch souls Except not just Zoom We got to eat a lot of greasy food with our friend Coach RJ Bars from Boise State When I was out there visiting Kane um, The former co-host of this thing I tell you, things have improved without him I tell you what No, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding He's still listening Uh, The production quality's gone down, brother but we get them out sooner because we're not waiting on your schedule. So it's, it's you know, it's a 50-50. Um, but Carly, this stems from you and I's last interaction. It was like an official capacity. Carly doing her great job. Um, Carly, explain the training series to folks before I, I kind of weave it all together, but the training series with what you're doing in the state.
2: Yeah, so one of the goals that we have at Oregon SATF is to make sure that folks who are interested or want to work in prevention or helping to make sure that folks in the state of Oregon have access to the information to do that so we've been running a what we call a comprehensive prevention training and it helps folks walk through all of the different facets so how do we understand what the root causes and foundations of violence are all the way up through like how do you get through those difficult challenges like how do you work with populations that maybe you're struggling with maybe a supervisor maybe other folks you have to get buy-in from all the way through evaluation so we're walking folks through up until next month all those different steps so we can start to build that capacity in education in law enforcement in the child abuse prevention world all over in different sectors so got to have you and i was really excited to spend time with you and a bunch of other and there was like uh, i want to say 70 partners.
0: folks on that in the that first round of prevention kind yes. of prevention 101 training from and it was a big zoom obviously because we still can't be in person um, but all throughout that, Jeff, and I've done this to you before and Carla, you were running it and doing the tech support. So I didn't want to bug you with texts, but when I'm in these settings, it makes me think about our conversations and obviously I'm learning and taking notes, but I'm also having like these like intense reactions and things I want to just like talk about. Right. So this is like the Genesis of us. And I've done this to Jeff where I've been on something and I've called him right after and said, did you hear this person say this that I just heard? Did that shit piss you off too? So Carly, not that anything said in there made me upset. It had me thinking. So I'm going to start with this question. I didn't send this in the prompts, guys. Um, I want you guys, take, Jeff, you go first. Take the listeners through the last audience. Kind of set the stage for the last time you were up in the work you do. What was the room? Who were the humans? And then, Carly, you get to do the same thing. It could be digital. It could be in person. But kind of set the stage for what what you walked into, so to speak.
1: Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna cherry pick one because I just told the story the other day. Um, group of athletes, Title IX, you know, re- requirement, sexual assault, domestic violence training, via Zoom. Uh, with Zoom, we decided to do two sections, but it was like 175 per session. Uh, I, you know, we opened up the mic early, and the room they start popping in, and tech, I, somebody still didn't know how to use their tech, I guess. And a young man, so I had been working with this university probably for three years, going down a couple times a year. And I heard somebody come on and say, like, oh, this dude, this guy's the fucking worst.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you.
1: Oh, no. I, but I was telling the story because it's like, well, people have all kind of trigger points. And what that told me, though, was like, okay, something that we have done. Yeah. Either A, they're bored. Possible. be it's mandatory, so they're pissed off. Yeah. But I think this third, third way too was like something that we were talking about really got this dude shook. Yeah. And I know that the way I was raised, and I think that other men have been raised. If I'm going to be shook, I don't want to show up. Uh-huh. And I put that mask on of this is bullshit, not with my time. Like whatever it is. Yeah. To, to deflect my feelings of discomfort. Okay. So. I, you know i get it that it was mandatory but i also they're going to show up unless it's mandatory so i know i'm walking into that space in a mandatory setting those rooms are going to be tight is um, that the? the would
0: my, you characterize that room taking away that comment that makeup men athletes is that a typical setting for you a majority of your work it, like, give me like give it give the audience a a slice of what you deal with regularly
1: I'd say that's probably 60% of my work with male student-athletes. This one was unique because it had female student-athletes. Okay,
0: okay.
1: I'm just comfortable with that, with that, you know, both genders, or two of the genders represented coming into the convo. It was rich as hell because uh, a couple female-identified student-athletes popped in and talked about consent, Mm -hmm. and they added a whole layer to it of the conversation was power. And we veered, so the conversation really went more towards the statement that rings to me was just because she doesn't say no doesn't mean yes mm. and we can vocalize that and, and give reps to that in the conversation but for these young men to hear it from their peers a female counterpart it landed and yeah. it went deep so yeah the majority of my work is with men because i think there's that space yeah. for us to have where we can be uncomfortable. Um and and things that we may not say in the presence of other people we may be intimidated by, fearful of, to look silly, look stupid, um, or seem like going back to that why that kid I think was so defensive. Yeah. Something touched off on. Of. Carly, thank you,
0: Jeff. Carly, you what's what's your the last audience in the typical audience?
2: Yeah, so my last audience was actually that one that you were in, Kip. So we have been rotating training kind of season lately. So that was about 70 to 80 folks, I think, in that one. And like I said, really wide sectors of like folks who work in law enforcement and their day-to-day job is showing up and they are on patrol or they're a detective all the way to folks who are Title IX coordinators. We had folks who are advocates on campus. Mm. So really when you think about like who are folks who are all caring about I think similar issues. But have very incredibly different day to day lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the challenge, I think, in that kind of setting is yeah. like, how do we get folks? And thankfully, that session, particularly, is like, how do we all get on the same page, have the same language, start to identify like, what are some of the things that are contributing to violence? Yeah. I think most typically, my work, like that, that is a pretty strong constant. I think the other areas that I am, spending a lot of time in or audiences that I'm spending a lot of time in are folks who work on a college campus. So that could be coaches, that could be Title nine coordinators, somebody that has a paycheck from the institution. Kay. That's usually who I'm in a setting with. Yeah. And often when, when Jeff, you, when you were saying like the mandatory piece, I was like, ah, yes, I too feel that thing of being the person that they say, you have to listen to her. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I stand between you and lunch. Uh-huh. Like this <laughs> is, it is So we, yeah. that is a section and the other part is students so like for example tonight we meet with an incredible group of students that are either working on these issues or their team has selected to come in and chat with us so the audience is usually college focused for me for gotcha yeah.
0: my last one was a similar carly in an academic setting on a institution of higher learning zoom Speaker focused only on, you know, the, the display settings. So you can only see who's talking at the time. So you weren't sure, like you get told later, like, oh, really appreciate it. The turnout was great. I don't know if they're just, you know, coddling me like there was four people there, but thank you. Or if it was the 50 they promised, you know, you don't know. But very similar setup. It was supposed to be um, male, female, any ident- identifying gender, but all college based, either faculty or students. So I'm setting that stage because Carly, during our time, I was thinking to myself, you know, you and Meg and all your other colleagues that do such a great job in that setting, like it's, I was thinking overall, when we all go here, does our focus on what we're trying to accomplish in that hour, in that three hours, in that three, four days, whatever time you have, does our overall goal change based on the audience or are we carrying the same goal into these rooms? So I texted you guys a couple different questions. So that's kind of, Jeff, you can start. Are you taking the same goal in? Is it does it vary on time and place and humans? Overall, if somebody's like Jeff. What are you doing? You're doing all this talking, man.
1: What is your goal? You know, maybe you go there first. No, I, I got you. So I, again, I'm the C student with crayons, man. I missed the whole point of your setup. <laughs> um, but. The, the, the last audience I was with, and I've been doing this because this is Idaho, uh, in person with a lot of young folks who are incarcerated or living in alcohol and drug treatment facilities. So we do a reproductive health piece. But it's the same conversation. Mm. And my approach to it is is we're deepening relationships. That's the mm. guys. Okay. Like, what can we do to present and listen and honor what they've got to share and talk about? Okay. Okay. Um, so that's really the, the purpose of when we walk into them, and it shifts a little bit with the language. If I'm walking into student athletes, specifically young men, it's going to shift a little bit. Um, as far as the depth, I'm not going to get like real, real personal, because it's a one-time get. But mm. with these young folks, we're going uh, eight to ten weeks in a row. And I believe you can you can cultivate a pretty deep relationship with people in a short amount of time if you're you show up, you're consistent, and you're vulnerable, and you're sincere. So the approach is about developing relationships, and the other approach of the coalition we've taken, is that is uh, oh damn, forgetting dude's name, wrote the tipping point, mm. Malcolm Gladwell, yeah, you know. And so we don't need a hundred percent; we need ten percent of the state of Idaho, and ten percent is around one hundred fifteen thousand conversations, but intentional, deep, uh, and real conversations. Mm. So this is that's kind of what fuels us is having these conversations along the way. Thank you, Carly.
2: Yeah, I think for us, the goal really has changed depending, like you said, on the audience. And also what have those folks identified that they need. And so one of the things we work, so like that training we were in, the next step that we get with folks is thinking about evaluation up front so in our work we're always thinking about like what's the goal how do we get there how do we measure it so how do we know that we're actually being effective Uh in the way that we want to do that Uh and i think one of the things that folks really i think skip over when we kind of do the cookie cutter like we're going to take that same presentation to all these different groups is you leave out the nuance mm-hmm. that those folks bring into the room, right? Mm. So if I'm talking to athletes and I'm talking in the exact same way that maybe I'm talking to a group of Title IX coordinators, I think folks sense that, like, disingenuine mm. nature, and they're like, oh, okay, so this isn't for me. So we really try hard to make sure to think about, like, who's that audience, who's there, what are those needs, and then make the goals from there. Got gotcha. Well, I, that makes me think yeah. of feed
0: the feedback and engage with that feedback I was and I was thinking about this Carly specifically Jeff and one my brother in the staff at Boise State had told me before I think our breakfast that you had come in and, and they were they were so like impacted by your presentation and then Carly as I was sitting in the one you guys did I was trying to think to myself I think they are they giving me tools to go out and touch someone else with this work are they, like Jeff, you said, deepening the connection that I have with them to continue to use them as a resource? And then I was f- switching that lens to me, like when I go talk to coaches or players, am I walking into this room? And Carla, you had done this way back in like 2012 with our team, because you walked in and said, I'm not walking in here because Kip said, all of you are committing these horrific acts against women, that's not what I'm doing. But it's hard for me not to walk into some of these spaces, assuming that at the baseline, I might not have perpetrators but I have enablers in front of me in their thought process. Does that cross your guys' minds? Like some of these, when I go in, I don't know if that's because I'm getting, in, because of COVID in 2020 and 2021 consecutively, I'm more pessimistic about humanity than ever. But it's hard for me to think, sometimes I think to myself, that's not going to reach that dude. He's too far gone. But I don't know, because you guys have been doing this for so much longer. Um, so thoughts on, on kind of that, Carly?
2: Yeah, I think that's changed and progressed over my work, too, a little bit. And so I think when I first started, I was really like, ooh, I'm going to go in and, like, just help everyone. And that actually wasn't really a thought huh. that I had. And then as I started thinking, I was like, no, we really, if I come in, I can assume the best attention of the folks that are in the room. And, like, yeah, statistically, I know maybe some folks have harmed folks within the context of the things that we're talking about and then i think the next step of graduating like in my my thinking there was like we have all done things that contribute to a culture that supports violence Uh right like if we think there's that i think we've talked about in other episodes there's that pyramid of violence visual Uh where it's talking about like harassment all the way up through like genocide those kind of things we've all done things that either enabled like you said or so if i if i approach it from that space and think we've all been complicit in some way, we've all caused harm in some way, maybe not to the degree that somebody else has, but we've done it. Then we can start thinking like, Hey, we're going to assume best intentions and go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've also been really grateful for some of my colleagues and some of the work we've done with folks who treat, um, people who have caused harm through the judicial process, through like the criminal justice process, that there, there are underlying factors about why folks harm and that no human I think is dispensable Mm -hmm. and so I think for me that's been another piece about going into those spaces and trainings is thinking about folks can do pretty horrific things and we've also seen humans across time do really incredible things to try and uh, repair that harm or hold themselves and their communities accountable for the harm that they Mm. participate in so I think that's kind of where I'm at now is like yeah there's, there's lots of shades of gray happening now
0: when I walk into a room. Yeah, Jeff, on, on Carly's point, I've heard you say many times, and you start stuff off, we know a majority of, how do you say, it? we know a majority of men won't commit harm, but we're here to work. Give, give your line, because I've, I've heard it many times.
1: And I got this from Tony Porter. Yeah, like majority of men, you know, a small portion of men make the choice to be verbally, physically, emotionally, sexually, violent. All the while, we know an overwhelming percent of it just will never be physically or sexually violent to anybody. Uh, and really, that's that's what I heard you say, Carmen, uh, how we have all contributed to that form of violence. And I think for men, historically, is that we've been quiet. And so our work as men is to go back to where this movement started, which was at the kitchen table. You know, in Duluth, Minnesota, northern Minnesota, the Ellen Pence of the world and the power and control wheel was formed over stories at the kitchen table with a pot of coffee. So I came into this work professionally. Now my work, it goes back to why I walk into that room looking about relationships, it's storytelling. It's that connection. I had a judge tell me, I may have shared this with you all before, but a judge told me for 25 years, he was asking, why did you do that? He was a juvenile court judge. Why did you do it? Why did you do it? Why did you do it to young people? Mm. And he finally realized the last two years of his course, of his work was the, wrong, the, wrong, the right question is, what happened to you? Mm. So his mind frame going into working with young folks had been, Tell me what happened to you, not letting you off the hook for what you did, but it gives us an understanding to how we can start having programming, you know, treatment or whatever it may be. If we can get it some, some inkling of what the root causes were, or even where your harm is today. Mm. Uh, I've shared that with my partner as a teacher, and they started doing some, not from my comment, but the other work. They, uh, <clears throat> staff members would reach out to five kids. So each day staff members would touch base with five kids, two minutes a day in an elementary school setting, check in with them. How was breakfast? What's going on at home? How are you? Good to see you. And and they follow the data. And over a year's time, these students all performed better. I don't know the numbers, but the fact that somebody cared about them and they had somebody to look towards to, to know that they were there, and recognize them. So it, you know, I keep coming back to this horn about relationships, but I really do believe that uh as men specifically, we don't know what we don't know. Mm. And so what I have learned through this work is maybe a better human being, a better father, a better husband, uh attempts at being a better coach. Um I'm gonna go for season three at flag football here in a little bit. So, you know, we're getting better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I missed my COVID mask because I could at least mouth cuss words <laughs> with the COVID mask on. But I think this is not all this goes back to this is a development. This is an, always a journey. So yeah. Yeah, I've made mistakes. I've contributed to harm. And I, I I don't know anybody who hasn't been emotionally or verbally abusive or harmful to somebody, maybe in one act. You know, and so yeah. I think this there's other conversations, but you know, what we did and where we're going are very opposite corrections if we're intentional. And that's what we're we've been doing, Kip. And I think that's also the growth of why you've had more people come onto this damn show. Yeah. As you learn more and you are tied in, you are aware and you're willing to reach out. And you're finding there are a lot of people right. who are having these conversations for sure. Is
0: it I? You know, I, I'm thinking to myself, and I, and I appreciate both your guys' perspectives on this as as folks that have been doing this work at such a high level for so much longer. Are we looking at blank canvases when we walk into the room, inherently flawed people, or malleable workspaces when we walk into these rooms? Because I I, well, I don't dis, I don't disagree with anything either one of you said, but Carly, it had me thinking about what your 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 coworker your colleague Meg Foster said in the training, you know, risk reduction versus prevention, and it she said, and I wrote this down because you know I like to write down quotes and then use them later, and sometimes I remember to quote people correctly. Um, keeping people from breaking the law is a pretty low bar, right? So where where does that square in with what we're wh- where you guys are at? Where like I think I I. I definitely agree with some of the things you're saying, but then I also get, I think I get impatient with people sometimes like, yo, that should have been enough of a story, right? Or that hashtag that she just said should have been enough to snap you into action, which I know folks come along at their own pace and it, it, unfortunately I can't press speed up with the late, the next PDF I send doesn't necessarily guarantee skipping three chapters and now they're suddenly a better person. So, you know, Carly, I know I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you, but as you, I'm thinking to myself sometimes, if this is blank canvas, they should be able to go faster. Mm-hmm. If it's inherently flawed group and we're unlearning a ton in, the, in this, it's going to take longer. And I know they're both positive things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that we're, I think for me, the way I frame it in my brain to be able to get through work. Right. It's like, we're just all a collection of the experiences that we're coming to the table. Right. So like some of us are going to be super damn stubborn Mm -hmm. and then the other folks, and maybe it's that like unlearning, it's that unpacking. I need to develop some willingness to do so. Other folks are going to be like, I have experienced trauma that you have no idea about. And so you talking about this, I am not at a point in my life where I can hear you Mm. and actually maybe help somebody else. And then we'll have those folks that are, right. We'll have those folks that are like you, that are like, yep. The coaches that contact you that are like, I'm ready to work with my team. I'm ready to do these things. I think again, one of the things we talked about in that training is like, we're just meeting folks where they are at. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just going to use from there because I think even that one percentage point, like if we're getting those folks who are stubborn as hell to be like, yeah, you know what? Okay, fine. I will call my uncle out the next time he says something great. Like to me that's progress. And I think all those little like one percentage mm-hmm. points move up. But we're gonna have folks that are like, Yeah, I'm ready for that fifty percent jump right now. Yeah. And that's great. And I think that's super helpful. I think to your point around the Meg's comment, and I love that one. It's one of my favorite points at training where she's talking about, you know, we're we're all that we are all coming in with a collection of our own experiences, our own traumas, our own lens, our own intersection but what we can agree on is like our laws have not caught up to what we need as a society to be healthy. So Mm -hmm. law that kind of part, it's, I think for some folks, what they are like, this is the line. This is how I know if something's good or not. And what we try to work with folks around is like, that's a low barge saying like, don't hurt someone shouldn't have to be something that one we have in law anyways, but also saying like, yeah, if you assault someone like that's okay like you you didn't do that today right and we're like no we think we can be better humans i think we can do better than that
1: jeff yeah the blank slate the blank slate questions got me like i i I certainly don't think so i also think it's Mm resilience and i'm thinking for the lens of working with young men like what has worked
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know me mugging you telling you i'm good acting tough all the posturing stuff has worked to get them to where they're at in front of any of us Mm -hmm. So I, I think for the first time we're actually giving them an option to to, to make a shift, but they got to trust it. This, yeah. We got to pass the sniff test. This is where the marketing world comes in. Uh, Dorothy Edwards created Green Dot, and she brought up this idea of like merging marketing and social progress, social programming. You need eight times to even consider a product. Mm. You know, I need to see it. That's why you know the marketing is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this piece of consistent messaging based on community members, based on engage, folks we engage with. Coaches, friends, parents, whoever—like I think that's the dosage has got to go up. So I think Carly and Meg and their other staff are doing is planting seeds. And I agree with you; it ain't fast
0: enough. Yeah,
1: like that's the part that keeps keeps me hung up too. But what gives me hope and maintains my my faith is that what we're do what we're talking to specifically males, young men, is a way to help free them. But it's gonna take a while to 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 come out of that cocoon. Mm. you know i think that that's the possibility but you also got to feel it i don't know about y'all but i uh we we so basketball reference we would box out for practice like probably 25 minutes of practice coming up from like sixth grade and it wasn't until we had a coaching change when i was a junior in high school and we were doing a scrimmage and the guy was just getting a view of us and 80 percent of us boxed out every shot and he commented and said this is amazing i've never seen a team box out up until that point that's all we knew but when somebody from the outside who we were trying to impress noticed it and gave us recognition it clicked like Mm. oh that's a good thing so i think that's where the dosage piece comes into it of having an outside valued uh person recognize it and 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 let us know that it was something they would cease we've got to feel it and Different touch points. And I get all woo-woo about that no, no, no. feeling shit. So Do
0: you guys think like your titles, like either your titles as professionals or the subjects of your presentations or sessions you're doing, are those a filter for who comes in that door? Because I would, you know where this came to me was Kyle Williams' talk from a long talk. And he said, Kip, when we're working towards the extinction of racism, if you guys remember this from, from that episode, we're working towards the extinction. I mean, uh, extinction... Re- Evolution requires extinction. So those folks that self-identify and refuse to not get on board with all colors are are equal, we're okay with them over there extinct. So do you think when you have these audiences in this room, those people that are willing to come in and engage have already been filtered by the title? Or is that where some of this compliance, like the kid that's made to go there? Do you see what I'm saying? So when I go in with a team of student-athletes, and Jeff and Carla, you guys have done this more often, I'm assuming... 60% 60% of those kids were told they had to be there And most likely I don't know if aha unlearning Is possible right now But maybe with professionals like Carly The setting we last connected with Those 75 people are already doing work You know, they already made the Aha, I'm in decision Is that where the real change happens? Like giving those people a better opportunity To go in with the With the, uh, with the malcontent Malcontent's the wrong word with the people not yet willing to open their eyes, right? Eyes wide shut, folks. Sorry, this, this is the type of stuff that goes on in Kip's brain. Like thinking about everything you're saying, who, is, who am I engaging with? What is actually moving them to the train to get on? And I, and I yeah. so I, I don't you guys, that's why I, I love having this circle because you guys have been in so many of these different spots. Um, Carly, you're right. A lot of times, like from some of my stuff during the pandemic, a lot of coaches have reached out to me already checked that box. Cause they were at that YouTube panel that I was on already listening. So when they come in, they're like, gimme, 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 we're in. I don't know if I've had a coach in the room that was like, nope, men are awesome as is. And because of what you said today, I changed my mind, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So go, go ahead. You guys go with my, my bumbling and welcome to my brain. Kelly's been dealing with this for a long time. (laughs) I love it.
2: I always feel like kindred spirit because I think that happens in my brain where I'm like, does any of this make sense? Yeah. Yes. I I think it's a pretty common thing anytime that we're interacting with people. Like, I am not everyone's cup of tea. Mm. I know that. That's fine. And I've had folks where afterwards, like not in this last training, not recently, but in conversations with colleagues where we're like, man, this person... yes, I chose to come to this screening. I think we still get that because folks are complicated, mm. right? So I think you can have that. Um, I don't, Jeff, let me kick it over to you. because I'm gonna try and form another
1: thought. Well done, I appreciate it. Uh, identities matter. And Carly, I, love, I appreciate you naming that question. That goes in my head all the time. What I found over the years is that I probably get an extra 10 seconds based in this body.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Oh, it's a man to talk about this? All right, I'll give you 10 seconds. Um, but the defensiveness is still there. The the what abouts, what ifs keep coming up. But I do think that that's a novelty, unfortunately, still in, in different states and different parts of the state where a man coming through gets a little more time. Mm-hmm. And all I'm doing is repeating shit that women have told me over the years. So mm-hmm. I am not creating anything original. right? I'm passing on knowledge that was gifted to me through love. Um, I also know that I don't have a magic magic mic where I'm going to say the word and it's going to shift somebody's brain. We have an analogy. uh, Our teacher Norma Wong has helped us with, we're making a big change organizationally and she used the analogy of a river. Like we are all change. Like change is, is, is constant. We're always changing. Like a river flows downstream. What the coalition is trying to do is transform, which is a leap. And in our leap, we were getting hung up, focusing on the boulders and the river the bold we were we were stopping our conversations we were pivoting towards them and trying to really engage while all the while other people were already floating down and so we're going to be like water you know and keep it moving cuz those boulders will eventually roll right erosion gravity do their thing but on our transformation journey what we're trying to do in the state of Idaho and have these 100,000 conversations is is really be mindful of keeping it moving and we can't get hung up on the boulders Right, so yeah, I'm not trying to win the whole damn room. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking to, for the marketing piece as far as reps. Uh, am I intentional and am I honest? Like those are my kind of conversations mm-hmm. I come have in my head when I get out of a room, um, and you see what comes. But mm-hmm. I know one time is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's why I, again, I prefer the depth of relationships. Again, Kip, with the teams of men, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of what it is because the hook is they're on the squad, right? But it's the repetition and they get the the goes back to seeing the, the somebody who's get permission giver mm. who's modern who's questioning it up front i think the best response is i don't know but i'll check it out like mm-hmm. that always vibes with me from the facilitator yeah
0: yeah 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 no i i appreciate those carly did you have something else on that
2: yeah i was thinking about it and i was like this is where that like public health kind of background was jumping into me and it's like there's this uh stage is a change model right so this looks a lot of i think depending on what field you're in this like graphic or model might look a lot of different ways, but it's essentially saying like, we are going to find folks when they're trying to change a behavior or they're trying to jump on board with some kind of like social change, those kind of things. They go through stages to do that. And I think a lot of the times what you're talking about is like those folks at the mandatory part that are coming in that are told like, or otherwise you have to be here. Nobody wakes up, although I wish it was maybe a little different. Nobody wakes up and is like, you know what I'm going to do? It's like 9 a.m. I'm going to go hang out with Carly and Jeff. Like, that's not what most folks are doing. Mm-hmm. So they're in that, like, pre-kind of contemplation thing. They have not thought maybe about this topic. It's not on their radar. And what we're seeing, like, I think those folks self-selecting who are wanting to hang out or wanting to learn more about this, they're moving through some of those stages that are more like contemplation or, like, determination where it's like, yes, I care about this, and so I'm going to start. About how do I take action? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're just hitting folks. I think at all. I don't like to use the word hitting. Them. We're meeting folks at all different levels of that stage of change process, and folks cycle back and forth between it. So I think as you yeah. were saying that, I was like, man, there's a model there. I know there's some way that folks are yeah. moving through their life, and that was really, I think, one that hits home for me.
0: Jeff, when you talk about the river, Carly, thank you for that. I mean, I think that's that's coaching in general like Kip welcome to your own profession that you chose in terms of why can't you make that shot now we've talked about it four times is it to take five times is it 5.2 times for you to make that shot they're all a different I appreciate that Jeff where's that river going what is the ultimate vision and the reason I asked this Carly uh you because it was in one of the trainings but also Jeff when you said 100,000 conversations it made me think again of kyle williams long talks got a 15-year plan to eradicate racism and i love metrics i love analytics i love goals i think humans need endpoints because otherwise it just gets to be it gets to be too much or it gets to be so daunting it's like weight loss if you don't set a number you kind of give up on it that's from noom i'm on noom and i'm on the 16-8 shout out to coach bars i stole the 16-8 jeff minus nine Minus nine. Still had a donut today. It was fantastic. Um, But where's that river going? And I ask this because I've I've encountered this in talks with folks um, about racism or about sexism or about violence. Like the immediate jump from, listen, man, I believe in equality to them jumping to the inverse. Like, oh, you want black and brown people to oppress white people? Didn't say that. I'd like to get to the middle. Or, or you want women to? You want you want the Wonder Woman Amazon where there's no men? Well, pump your brakes. That's not what I'm saying. But I I, I uh, uh, talking about the end. Talking about the ultimate goal. You know where's that river flowing? Is it out into an ocean of calm? Talk to me about that. And I'm using questioning because I'm trying to I listen to Brene Brown. Stay curious longer. There you go. Carly like that one. My advice monster is awful, guys. I apologize. My advice monster
1: is the worst questions are beautiful (laughs) we're moving towards a place where everybody's whole Mm. everybody's seen Mm. you know i i love the model carly and i appreciate you naming it because i do believe now that we need policy in place Mm. because that will help enforce social norms we also need social norm changes to encourage and and, you know i think there's a conjunction there but also for men like what's the benefit Mm. like that's the question that tony porter has asked over the years And, and I think that part of his realness is this is the benefit is that you get to be happy like what the hell would this world be like if men were happy mm. so part of that end river is self-serving for me is I want to be happy okay. I want to be seen I want I want our little birds uh, you know our 11 and 7 year olds to grow up in a world where they're seen and home I want a world where there's no cages where we're locking kids up in 12 by 6s mm. um, where well, there aren't uh, people's, you know, I mean, all this revolutionary, beautiful, like, woo-woo. Mm-hmm. But why is that bad? Like, we, I think that's what I'm working towards. Okay. And our conversations are leading that way where people are seen and valued. I, it's pretty simple to me.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Carly, your thoughts. And I, I know you guys gave us the eight, the can't wait. So I know some more concrete examples of, of what you're directly working to. But go ahead. Yeah. Same.
2: Yeah, and that eight that can't wait, shout out, Oregon Like has a wonderful report that we got a couple of years ago from the Oregon Women's Foundation and they put out a huge study where they went and did listening tours in every county and every population within those counties to hear about like what do we need to be working on for folks both in like violence prevention but also to support folks in houselessness, all sorts of things. So I encourage folks to go look at it because I don't think Oregon is unique in those needs they just were able to put it in a beautiful graphic Mm. so that eight that can't wait you can google it and it'll come up um i think similarly to just thinking about like i when we talk about in these trainings like what are we moving towards when we say like violence prevention what are we where folks don't experience harm like that's a pretty low bar that's like one step one in that kind of stream or river And then I think we get to like Jeff is saying, I want folks to be able to be who they are and not be judged on like those identities. Like, okay, so you're a woman. So that means that at the end of that river, you are going to experience violence. You are Mm. going to experience harm. You are going to have these different things to hold that somebody with that identity wouldn't have. I think we're we're working towards, and again, yeah, it feels really like woo-woo when you ask it in a question like that, but we're working towards a culture a society a world where folks can just show up be who they are and be judged. i think on that versus how are we bringing in um all of these other preconceptions about who we are as human beings and how we should be mm. right like i present this way so i have to act this way because if not i'm going to experience more harm i don't want that for anybody and i think similarly to jeff personally i'm like i want my kiddo to be just whoever the she wants to be mm. when she grows up. Mm-hmm. I want that. Like, you love Marvel? Awesome. Right. You love this? Great. Like, I just want that to be where any kiddo and us as adults can do that and have happy, healthy, healthy, thriving relationships with the people that we care about. That's, I think, again, on that selfish note, where no,
0: we're going. I appreciate both of you sharing that. I do find it sometimes, and I, and I, and I, I I'm uplifted by both of you being able to articulate a vision. Because I find it hard sometimes with the constant... It could be my own digestion of the ills of the world. I, it, It's hard for me to imagine sometimes. It's its like you get lost in the fight. And the look at this, look at this, look at this. That's bullshit, that's bullshit. What in the hell? It's hard to imagine what it is at the other end. So I, I, I appreciate both of you being able to articulate that uh before i let you guys go and this was an awesome awesome discussion what is on the horizon what are great cool things for you your family or professionally uh that you're excited about doing for me i've got a it's on us panel the nca is putting on that i'm lucky enough to be on uh, with a couple other folks this week on tuesday uh, i'll put that link out after i put this episode up with you guys but that's something i'm excited about doing because there's a bigger platform more eyes, um, but stuff that you guys are excited about coming up on, on your calendars.
1: So Call to Men is doing uh, a college showcase, uh, at least on Wednesday. Uh, but I'll, I'll send you the link if you want to bump it out. But it's really intentional just to talk about with colleges and what a call to men has done. Specifically, I've been working with St. Mary's College of Maryland. Uh, on a five-year grant, mm. so we're in year four entering. And it's, you know, it's an engagement with student-athletes, uh, but also like broadening it out to campus-wide. So this conversation will be for, for folks who work on college campuses to see and get a taste and flavor of co- what a call to men can bring, mm-hmm. which is the idea that we're talking about our whole selves, not our role selves. And the other tagline from a call to men is that we're here to invite men, not indict men. Mm. And I do believe that separates the work that a call to men does on the national platform, with bringing men in. Can we go on head.
0: that, Jeff, real quick? Sorry, I'm I'm going to extend us a little bit. Um, on that, okay, to in, invite men, not indictment. Awesome. What do we do about the folks w- who stop at don't indict? Like, yeah, I'm good. It's not all of us. I don't care about my day. And this is that part I talked to you guys about with seeing for innocent, innocence. Is that is that similar to what we already kind of flushed out? Like, well, that person's just not coming to the table. The part will have to go with the other two that do show up because as much as I like that line, it worries me knowing men that I know would stop at that as a way to say, yeah, you're I mean, you know, you just said it yourself. You don't need all the men. I'm good. I like my beer, my man cave, and I like to watch what I watch.
1: And that's where they're going to be. Mm. And I need to be a good cut and bake, mm-hmm. you know, to me. Growing yeah. up fishing in all those years. So in that end, again, we're not losing. Them, nobody's a throw away, but they'll be in the river. Mm. You know, we're, we're making our big leaps. And they'll come through. Is that where and the I, policy,
0: like, they'll just have to live by the policy you drive?
1: That's the bullshit low bar. Like, all right, so then just don't hurt people. Yeah, yeah. But so we're moving on with everybody else. Right. And I do believe more men want to just move beyond that. Um, the other piece of that did real quickly is um, shifting our view from legal, illegal. It's like, what's respectful, disrespectful? Mm. If we're trying to create a culture, and I'm talking with coaches, that how do we create culture? Well, you do it intentionally. But you all get to set the bar. We co-create that annually every Mm. time we get together of what is respectful and what is disrespectful, Mm. and we can move forward. So again, there's some folks who are just going to be cutting bait, and that's all right.
0: Gotcha. Appreciate it, sir.
2: Carly. The benefit of Zoom is we all get to be here. The downside is i never get unmuted fast enough so <laughs> <laughs> all the pauses are on me there's some awesome stuff So one that i'm really excited about just for i think obviously in oregon and working with our schools and folks that you really want to see um to use that like river metaphor we really want to see jump in and take that river and not be as worried about those boulders and things and getting hung up We've started a new cohort um, at SATF for folks who are interested in prevention work on college campuses. And so we have 10 districts from around the state. We're gonna keep these really like tiny little groups so we can make those relationships, build those connections, and then also pull in folks who might not typically be doing prevention work on a college campus, but who have incredible skills, who have incredible social and political capital on their campuses. And empower them to make that change. Mm. And so we just had um, our first month of meetings. I'm thrilled to be able to be with those folks for the next year. It's just like in my heart, one of the things I'm so excited about. Mm. And then the other thing, and I just wanted to do a shout out for this organization. So there's a, a survivor led group that is nationwide, um, but they were started by sur- students identify as survivors of sexual or domestic or relationship violence. Um, and they started a nonprofit called Every Voice Coalition. And we've been really lucky to start doing some work with them. And so if you are um interested at the folks who are listening, you can Google Every Voice and it comes up with their legislative priorities. And these are students who are probably in your state or in and around your campus, but they are working with this nationwide group to be creating all that change that you're talking about mm. like, like they are about action they are not the folks that are going to be sitting on the sidelines. so they are going directly to the legislature in these states that they're working in and saying like hey we can do better we can do work that is really meaningful and we've been able to intersect with them a little bit more recently so it's not a thing that i am doing that i'm just so heartened by students that are yeah. they are not ready to take our excuses and they're just like we're we're doing this and you all can jump on board and i'm so thrilled to be able
0: to that's awesome well i appreciate you both yeah. as always um we will get this up as soon as possible and look forward to connecting again as we go forward
1: content reminder The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.